Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Sister Donna Deckard, and this is the House of Ephraim show with Cradle of Hope live streaming. And I am so thrilled that you are listening. I'm telling you, this is an exciting time because we are getting ready for the fall feast. Yes, we are. And we're going to talk more about that, but first, a word from our And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Welcome back. I have a few announcements I want to make. Of course, I want to remind you that we do have uh, Sabbath services on our YouTube channel, Cradle of Hope. We also have a Wednesday night service. And uh, so if you are not on our mailing list for that, email us, and we will get you on that mailing list. But as I said, I have lots of announcements today because we are in the month of Elu. And you know what? That means that we are coming up on the fall feast. This is the last month before the fall feast. And the fall feast begins with Rosh Hashanah, and that is September 16th and 17th. Then comes Yom Kippur, September the 21st. And then the highlight is Sukkot, September the 30th through October the 6th. Now, we will be having... Uh, services for all of these festivals available on our YouTube channel, Jewish Prophet. Uh, the Rosh Hashanah service will be held on Friday night, the 15th at 7.30 p.m. That's Central Time, 7.30 p.m. Our Yom Kippur service will be on Sunday, September the 24th at 7 p.m. Central Time. And then our Sukkot service will be Friday, September the 29th, 7 p.m. Central Time. And again, if you need 
uh, if you're not on our our uh, newsletter that we send out, we send out a, a, a reminder every week. And if you're not receiving that in your email, if you've already signed up for it, check your junk mail. But if not, email us and we will we will make sure that you are on that uh, mailing list. Well, as I said, this is the month of Elu. And the month of Elu is a time for us to begin to look at our own lives and prepare for these fall feasts. You see, Rosh Hashanah is the first one. And Rosh Hashanah is a two-day feast. It falls on new moon. And during that two days, we are looking at ourselves. We are looking at our relationship with God the Father and with one another. Yeshua told us that the greatest, the greatest commandment was to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Now, how many of you, whenever you think about that you're doing something with all your heart, soul, and might, okay? I'm telling you, that is when you are putting, you are putting everything into that situation. You are doing everything possible to be involved in that particular activity or event or whatever it is that you are putting your heart, soul, and mind into. And Yeshua said we are to love God with every part of our being. And then he said that that is the greatest commandment and the second commandment's likened to it. He said you are to love one another how? As you love yourself. As you love yourself. You are to love one another. And Yeshua said those are the two greatest commandments. And this time of Rosh Hashanah is a time of us looking at how is our relationship with the Father? How is our relationship? Have we, have we stopped running forward and, and doing it with everything, with every ounce within us, our whole spirit, soul, and body? Or have we fallen back? Have we fallen back? Have we decided, you know what? I've got this and this and this. It's more important than the Father. It's easy to do. It's real easy to do. I'm telling you that especially this time of year in the Midwest where it's summertime and we have yard work, we have gardening, we have vacations. We have a lot of extracurricular activity besides our home life and our jobs and our families. And it's easy during that time to, well, you know, I, I, should, I should be studying, but I don't have time today. 
I gotta go mow the lawn. Well, I should be praying, but I don't have time today. I gotta go weed the garden. There's so many things, you know. I've, I, I, I gotta go watch the grandchildren play. I gotta go do this. I gotta go do that. And and the next thing you know, you're you're spread so thin that you've allowed what is the most important item in your life, and that is your God. God is the most important. He is the most important, and that is what we are supposed to do. And that's what Rosh Hashanah is about. It's about reevaluating where am I at in my walk with the Father? Where am I at? Rosh Hashanah is a time of forgiveness. It's a time of forgiveness. And it's important for us to understand that. Turn with me to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Be ye kind to one another. I remember when Prophet was teaching the fruit of the Spirit, and he'd, he'd be teaching about love, and he'd say, you know what? He'd say, Let's just try to be kind to each other. Just try and be kind. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. We are to forgive one another, even as God's forgiven us. We are to forgive one another, even as the Father has forgiven us. We teach you in this ministry that every day you need to ask forgiveness for your sins, known and unknown, and ask God to reveal to you your unknown sins. Why? So that you can, that you can change them. That's why. You can stop them. I'm telling you, there have been things that God's begun to reveal to me, things that, that what I just thought was normal, the way I normally think. And God's like, nope, it's sin. I want you to change the way you think about that. I want to change you changing that. And I'm not talking about not the, my attitude towards God or my attitude towards my fellow man. I'm talking about my attitude towards me. Towards me. Yeah. God says, I want you to change that. But you see, it's taken years of asking him to forgive me of my sins and to show me my unknown sins for him to begin to go, that is sin. You see, God is constantly peeling the onion back, constantly showing you this is sin, this is sin. Get this out of your life. This is going to make you go farther with me. I remember in, in, uh, in uh, 2020, in 2020, God had dealt with me. He had dealt with me, and, and I don't usually have a slogan for the year, but I remember that it came very, very prominent to me that God was waiting on me to believe. And I wrote it in, I wrote it several places. God is waiting on you to believe. And I'm like, well, God, I believe in you. But you see, in these past years, these past three years since, since that year, God has taken that phrase, 
I am waiting on you to believe. God is waiting on me to believe what? And he's beginning to show me things that he wants me to believe for, things that I would have never thought about believing for in the past. God has forgiven you, and God wants to forgive you every day, but you need to clean yourself up. We just got done having a quarterly, and I ministered on this next scripture. I got so excited when I was reading over my notes. I'm like, oh, my, this fits in right where we just got done finishing up. James chapter 5, verse 16. Confess your thoughts one to another. Pray one for another that you might be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now, what is righteousness? Righteousness is being in right standing with God. When you are harboring unforgiveness, when you are hiding sin, you are not walking in righteousness. You're not, you're not in right standing with the Father. And that is what he demands. That's what he wants in your life, in my life. Confess your thoughts, faults one to another. Confess your false steps. Confess your offenses. Pray for one another. You may be healed and restored. You see, we need to pray for each other. The heartfelt, persistent prayer of a righteous man, a believer, can accomplish much when it's put to action, when it's made effective by God. It's dynamic. Your prayers can be dynamic. They can have tremendous power. Those of you who are at the quarterly, I've been getting a lot of good reports. I've been getting a lot of good reports because you now understand that you can walk in righteousness. You now understand that righteousness is based on the gift of God. And you're walking in it. And your prayer lives have changed. Your lives have changed because you know that your prayers are powerful. You know that your prayers are dynamic. And you can walk with your head held high and your lightsaber in your hand. And you can beat the devil back as God intended. As he intended. As he intended. Psalms 37, 23, the steps of a good and righteous man are directed. Your steps are directed. They're established by the Lord. And he delights in his way and blesses his path. I'm telling you, your steps, when you are in right standing with the Father, When you 
are praying and asking God every day, forgive me of my sins, show me my sins, my unknown sins, when every day you are forgiving one another. Your steps are ordered. Your steps are ordered. I just received a report this week. Somebody was, was uh, they were traveling home. And they didn't realize it, but there was a tornado headed their direction. They didn't, they didn't realize there was a tornado. They hadn't, they hadn't gotten the alert. They were just traveling home, just minding their own business. And they got home, and there wasn't any, there wasn't much wind or anything happening. And they got to looking at the radar. And they noticed that the storm had split and went around their home. The angel force had protected them. God had protected them. Why? Because their steps are ordered. They're walking in right standing with the Father. They said, we didn't even pray about it, but yet the tornadoes hit and went around us. The angels did their job. Why? Because every morning... You see, every morning I pray and I set the angels about my properties to protect them. I set the angels every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. Because you never know. Mark, Mark 11, 22 and 26. Mark chapter 11. And Yeshua answered to them and said, Have faith in God. You can have faith in a lot of things in your life. We have faith in 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 the the chairs we sit in. We have faith in the in the the job that we have. We have faith in this. We have faith in that. We are to have faith in God. We are to believe that God wants the best for us. I remember when I found the scripture that God thinks about me. God thinks about me. He thinks about you. God has thoughts about you. He has thoughts, thoughts of a good life. He has thoughts about you. And I remember when God gave me that revelation, he gave me that scripture that he has thoughts that I would have a good life. At the time, my life didn't seem so good. How many of you can relate to that? Yeshua said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. And verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe but shall believe, but shall believe God is waiting on you and I to believe. Shall believe that those things which he says will come to pass. He shall have whatever he says. You know, I I live here in the Midwest, and there's not mountains here. 
And the, the biggest mountains that I'd seen for years and years and years and years was the Smoky Mountains. And, and I remember somebody who, who uh, lived out west Came, came to the Smoky Mountains and they said, you guys call these mountains? These aren't mountains. These aren't mountains. You see, I had the privilege this, this year of going to see the mountains on the West Coast. Mountains so high. Mountains so high that even in the midst of the heat wave with, with three-digit temperatures, there was still snow up in the higher elevations. Now, those are mountains. Those are mountains. And I remember looking at those mountains. And I remember thinking about this scripture. I, I, I remember, uh, you know, we, we drove through one, we drove through one tunnel. It took three minutes to drive through the tunnel, through a mountain. And I'm like, I can't imagine them digging that tunnel. We drove through roads that you could see where they had blasted and cut them into the mountain so they could make the road, the highway, so you could drive on it safely, or hopefully safely. And I remember thinking about how difficult that was, and how, how, how the settlers, way back, when they started out on horseback or foot, and then by, by covered wagon. And I'm like, what would even possess them to try to cross over this huge rock? But they did. And yeah, I began to think about this scripture. Yeshua said, you speak to the mountain. 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 And you say, be removed. And you don't doubt in your heart. You believe God. You have faith in God. And you will have those things that you say. Some of you have mountains in your lives. I know I just shared, I I believe it was on uh, Wednesday night, last Wednesday night on the YouTube. I just shared how that, that when I was in my 20s, I was believing God for my finances. I was believing God to have enough money to make ends meet. It was a mountain. It was a mountain. It was a mountain so high that there was snow on it. But you see, it took years for that to happen. Why? Because it took years for me to trust God, for me to quit looking at the checkbook and to begin looking at God and trusting and believing him. It took years. But you see, that mountain is gone now. That is not a mountain in my life. It's not a mountain. Health. I used to have issues with my health. 
I can remember there was a point in time that I would have to sit on a stool to cook a meal. And then once I got the meal cooked, I was so weak from all the energy I exerted cooking the meal that I would set the meal on the table and I would go lay down. I didn't have the strength or the energy to even eat the meal I just cooked. My health was an issue. And I had to speak to the mountain. I had to speak to the mountain. And I had to believe in my heart. And it took years. It took years. Why? You see, because you have to take God's word and you have to get it into your heart. God, God, God dangles his carrot out there. You know, I, I, I didn't even know Prophet Deckard at that time in my life. And then I finally, I finally came to one of his meetings and I began to see the miracles that happened when the anointing broke the yoke. And I'm telling you, my life changed. My life changed. Not because I could get in line all the time, but because I grew in God's word. I began to grow up spiritually. I'd been saved. I was, I was filled with the Holy Ghost for 10 years. I'd been a pastor's wife for, for 15 years. But I was a spiritual baby. And I didn't even know it. But I grew up. I grew up. Yeshua said, if you'll speak to the mountain and believe in your heart, you'll have whatever you say. Therefore, I say unto you, verse 24, what those things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and you'll have them. Yeshua has given us the key to the kingdom. And when you stand praying, look at this. <laughs> verse 25 is just as important at verse 22 through 24. Yeshua's still talking here. He said, and when you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any. He didn't leave anybody out. He said, if you have ought against anyone. If you have ought against any. He said, you've got to forgive. You've got to forgive. And then he explained why. I love it. He, you know, he could have stopped right there. He could have stopped right there and said, look, this is the way it is. You've got to forgive. But God said so. But he said that your Father also, which is heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. You see, your forgiveness hinges on your forgiveness. What? What? Yeah. That's why this month is so important. That's why Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, this is such an important time because if you are holding unforgiveness against anyone, 
God cannot forgive you. But God, you don't know what they did to me. It doesn't matter. You see, one sin is not greater than another in God's eyes, only in ours. Only in ours. The Bible says you you have if you have offended in one area, you've offended in them all. Sin is black. Righteousness is white. You are to forgive one another. And he said, when you stand praying, if you forgive whoever it is, one of the things that you'll do during Rosh Hashanah is you'll be praying and saying, God, show me. And right now, during this month, it'd be a great time for you to begin. God, show me where there's unforgiveness in my heart that I need, that I need to forgive someone. He'll do it. He'll do it. When you stand praying, if you have ought against any, you've got to forgive them. So your Father, which in heaven, can forgive you. Verse 26. Now here's the consequences if you don't do it. But if you do not forgive, say, if I do not forgive, neither will the Father, which is in heaven, forgive me. Interesting, isn't it? Interesting. You've got to forgive. You have to forgive. God expects you. God demands you to forgive. Let's go on down to Matthew 18. Matthew 18. Yeshua is doing a parable here. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king that would take account of his servants. And when he begun to reckon, one was brought to him which owed him 10,000 talents. One was brought to him that owed him 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold. Commanded him to be sold. And his wife and children and all that he had and payment should be made. So this man owed money. This man owed money. But he didn't have money to pay. And so it was commanded that he be sold and his wife and children and payment should be made. And the servant Therefore fell down and worshipped him and said, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. 
He's begging for mercy. Now remember, Yeshua said, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. Have mercy, have mercy. And then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion. And he loosed him and forgave him his debt. God has forgiven you of your debt. He sent his son to die on the cross that you would be forgiven. But that same servant went out and he found one of his fellow servants that owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat and said, pay me what you owe. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Saying what? Have mercy. We look at verse 30. But he would not. He would not. Those of you that have unforgiveness towards other people, this this parable of what the kingdom of heaven is like is for you. Those of you that have unforgiveness towards anyone or anything, this is for you. You have been forgiven. Yeshua went to the cross. He became the sacrificial lamb so you would be forgiven. And God forgives you. All you do have to do is ask for it and you'll receive it. But then you go about your life and somebody does something to you and you refuse to forgive them. He refused. He would not forgive them. But he went and cast him into prison till he would pay. And so when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry. And they came and told unto their Lord all that was done. And when his Lord, after he had called him, said to him, O thou wicked servant, called him wicked, called him wicked. I forgave thee all that debt because you asked me, because you desired me to. Should not thou have had compassion on thy fellow servant even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay what was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you if you from your hearts, if you from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. Some of you have been turned over to the tormentors. Some of you have been turned over to the tormentors because of unforgiveness in your life. Because you refuse to forgive your fellow servants. Some of you, it just seems like 
it seems like every way you turn is just it's just not quite working out. It, it just looks like it will, but then it doesn't. And it's just one tormenting thing after another. One situation after another, and you just can't seem to overcome. You've been turned over the tormentors. You need to ask God, 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 what, what's going on here? God, where's my sin? What is it that I've not done? Who is it that I've not forgiven? You need to ask the Father. You need to ask him, what is it, God? Where do I fall short? Turn with me to First John chapter, chapter 1, 1 John 1, 4 through 10. These things we write unto you that your joy may be full. See, when you've been turned over to the tormentors, your joy is not full. Your joy is not full when you've been turned over to the tormentors. When things aren't just quite working out the way they should, your, your joy is not full. These things I write unto you that your joy be, may be full. This then is the message that you heard of him and declared unto you that God is light. That's light, like white light, like a light switch, light. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie. We don't know the truth. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Yeshua, his son, cleanses us from all sins. If you can't have fellowship one with another because of your unforgiveness, God said, I can't forgive you if you won't forgive them. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. You see, all have sinned and come short of his glory. Turn to Revelation. Revelation 20, verse 12. And I saw the dead small and great stand before God. You see, we are all going to stand before God. You and I are going to stand before the Father. And the books, do you see that's plural? The books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead 
were judged out of those things that were written in the books according to their works, what they had done here on earth. What you are doing here on earth right now is being written in the books in heaven. In Revelation, a couple of quarterlies ago, that your name can be blotted out of the book of life. There's books in heaven. You want your name to be in that book of life. You want to be judged for good works, for for righteousness. Turn to Ezekiel. Chapter 18, verse 21. Ezekiel 18, 21. But if the wicked will turn from all of his sins that he has committed, remember he said, thou wicked servant, if that wicked servant will turn from all of his sins that he's committed, keep all my statutes and do that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live, he shall not die. All his transgressions that he has committed, they shall not be mentioned unto him. Ooh, I like that one. I like that one. I have in my prayer book, God's forgiven me of my sin. Why, why, can't, why don't I? That's another thing that God dealt with me. You see, I was beating myself up. Because I knew the sin I had committed in the past. Oh, I asked forgiveness and I didn't do it anymore. But I still beat myself up for years and years I did. And God had to eventually deal with me and show me, you are forgiven. I don't even remember it anymore. Transgressions he's committed, they shall not be mentioned. That's Ezekiel eighteen twenty-two. In his righteousness that he has done, he shall live. Have I pleasure at all that the wicked should die? Says the Lord God. And not that he should return from his ways and live. I want you to tell you something. God is judging this world. And there is judgment happening out there. There is fires, earth floods, hurricanes, tornadoes. All part of God's judgment. Because the wicked refuse to acknowledge God. They refuse. But God says, do I have pleasure in the death of the wicked? No. He goes, I don't, I don't have pleasure in that. I want them all to return from their ways. But you know what it says in scriptures? That even though in the end times God will send judgment, they won't acknowledge it as God. And they don't. Oh, it's El Nino. Oh, it's global warming. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. No, it's God. God wants us to serve him. God's trying to get the attention of this world and say, serve me. God wants them to change. 
In the Amplified it says, If the wicked man turn away from all his sins which he have committed and keeps my statutes and practices and justice and righteousness, he shall certainly live, he shall not die. All his transgressions that he's committed will not be remembered against him because of his righteousness which he has practiced for his moral and spiritual integrity in every area and relationship. And that's what, that's what this time, that's what this month, that's what Rosh Hashanah is about. We are to stop and look at our moral and spiritual integrity in every area, in every relationship. Do I take pleasure in the death of the wicked, says the Lord God, rather than that he should turn away from his evil acts and live? God. God wants us to serve him. We have the Bible full of examples of when, when people served him, and when they didn't, and the consequences. You think we would learn from it? You think we would learn from it? Elu, the month of Elu, it's a time of divine closeness, a time to do your inner work of repairing and deepening your relationship with God. This month is set apart by God for repentance and spiritual preparation for the high holy days of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. That's what this month is about. That's what this month is about. The month of Elu. The month of Elu. A time of preparation. A time of repentance. As As this mood of repentance builds, It is a time searching our hearts. And preparing for Rosh Hashanah, for Yom Kippur. It's a time for that. Be ye kind one to another. Ephesians 4.32, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Even the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, 14 through 16, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
For if we forgive men their trespasses, our Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you. Forgiveness. Take this time, this month, to ask God, is there someone that I haven't forgiven? You know, some people get mad at God. They haven't forgiven God. That's not a good place to be either. Can you imagine standing before God, angry, and God looking at you and saying, Oh, you wicked servant. I sent my son to be the sacrificial lamb. And you're mad at me? You're angry with me? Search your heart. Ask God. Show me, Father. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for this time. This time to search our hearts. This time to question our own lives. Are we serving you? with a whole heart, with everything within us? Do we have unforgiveness anywhere in our heart? Father, I pray for those who are listening, that they'll be honest. Pray with me, Father. Forgive me of my sins, known and unknown. And reveal to me my unknown sins, Father. Show me, Father, if I've been turned to the tormentors. Show me, Father, where I fall short. In Yeshua's precious name. Ye could be shikalabaha bakaha. Ye could be shikalabaha bakaha. God loves you. God loves you. He sent his son to die for you. Ye could boho. There's somebody you've been mad at God. Today's the day to let go of that. Today is the day. Father, repeat after me. Father, forgive me. Forgive me, Father, for being angry at you. Father, I repent. Repent for the anger, Father. 
Thank you, Father, for your forgiveness. Nadi Boko Yeshua's name. Yeshua's precious name. Now there's there's somebody, you got something going on in your hip. Ye kahashika hai. Ye kahashika hai. Put your hand on your hip. Put your hand there. Anyone else have anything going on physically? Put your hand there. Your stiff neck. Or somebody got pain in your neck. Pain in your feet. Lots of pain in the feet. God's going to heal you. In the mighty name of Yeshua. Speak to the pain. I speak to the Lyme symptoms. I command healing in the hip, in the neck, in the feet. I command it in the name of Yeshua. I thank you, Father. I thank you and I praise you, Father, for the healing. In Yeshua's name. I want you to do something you couldn't do. Move your neck around. Move your move your legs around, your hip, your feet. Ye the pain, the pain's gone. It's been cursed. Receive it. In the name of Yeshua. In the name of Yeshua. What I want to thank all of you for tuning in tonight. And I want to remind you that with God, all things are possible. Shalom.